Paolo does it again. He bails out the Orlando Magic from another poor second second half, another poor fourth quarter. But hey, he got the win. And that's exactly why the Magic drafted him for moments like this. We'll talk about the rest of it in the second segment. But let's celebrate Paolo Bancaro a little bit today on Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Magic today is November 16th, 2023. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked on Magic, Paolo Bancaro proves once again why he is the kind of player you take with the number one pick and once again steps up to bail the Orlando Magic out with a game-winning basket. We'll talk about what Paolo did, did not do, and what he means for this team as they continue to try to get better this season. Hey, for for all the doom and gloom, the Magic have never been under 500 this year, folks. We're 11 games into the season, so let's take some deep breaths and and be be cool, guys, okay? I'll actually look that up after the show uh, when the last time that happened was, but we'll get to that. Plus, we'll get into why the second half feels like the same story, why this continues to be a problem, and how the Magic might try to fix it. We'll get to that, plus run through the box scores we always do after games, coming up here in just a moment. But first, we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload. We truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, this great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics to treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's jace, J-A-S-E, medical.com. I want to go back. Before we move forward, let's go back. Um... Way back on draft night, 2022. I think I still got my my post-it note here. Uh, here we go. There, there's, I still got. I still got. I still got the the post-it. The, the the my infamous post-it note. Uh, for those that can see it on the YouTube, there it is. Um. Way back on draft uh, on the draft night leading to the 2022 NBA draft, we had this intense debate. And, and yeah, yeah. No, Paolo Bancaro was rookie of the year, far and away, was ready to come into the NBA was ready to do a lot of things, you know, set some huge historical precedents and huge historical markers. But the the basics of that debate came down to, well, who do you think is going to be the best player? Um, who has the best skills to help you out today? And ultimately, who has the best skills that give you the star power you need? Look, I will admit I waffled. Um, you know, I, I think I was very firmly on the Paolo train and, and, you know, as we sat with the pick and wrestled with it a little bit, I, you know, there was wavering and going back and forth and I'll take all the credit you'll give me for being early on the Paolo train, but, you know, I will admit that it was not an easy decision. And I thought the magic were going to take Jabari Smith, just like everyone else did. Um, but at the end of the day, 
that debate and that decision came down to asking one simple question. Clock winding down. Who are you giving the ball to to get a shot? Who is going to hit that hero moment game-winning shot? Because, frankly, that's what stars do. As much as I don't like distilling everything down to one moment or, or, or putting too much emphasis on those moments, those moments matter. Your ability to hit a shot when everybody knows you are getting the ball. That's starter. That's what you look for in a number one pick. That's the kind of player that drives your team. And, and let's be clear. For as much as we want to praise Jeff Weltman for how he's managed this team, how he's reset this roster, all of it doesn't quite work if the Magic don't land the number one pick and don't get this pick right. This is why the Magic drafted Paolo Bancaro. Magic blow a 15-point halftime lead. They're up six with a minute and a half to go. They give up a game-tying three-pointer. Paolo himself missed a free throw. That could have put the game out of reach. Anthony Black split his free throws as well. So a lot of people had problems late in the game. But with seven seconds left, Paolo Bancaro told everybody, give me the ball. The Magic ran a play to get him the ball. Put him in a spot where he could score. And as Cole Anthony said after the game, it was 360 no scope. He got the ball to the middle of the floor against a smaller Alex Caruso, turned without ever looking at the basket, fired, made the shot, hit every part of the rim before it went in, by the way. And the Magic escaped the Chicago Bulls with a 96-94 victory. That's the kind of shot making, that's the kind of calm, that's the kind of poise in do or die moments. And let's be clear, this was a do or die moment, just like it was up in Utah when the Magic also gave up a lead. We're trailing by one and found a way to get the win thanks to Paolo Bancaro and that layup late in the game. This is twice now. That's a pattern. He's done it twice. And that's not even including the New Orleans game I'm still obsessed with from last February. This is why you grab Paolo Bancaro. This is why Paolo was the pick. Because as talented as Jabari Smith is, and, and he still looks very good and still figuring himself out here in the league, Jabari Smith's shot creation, ability to get his own shot, was all theoretical. He didn't do that at all. Saw hints of it. Maybe we projected like he can get there. He couldn't do it. That's why the Magic took Paolo. Chet Holmgren is still a unicorn and, and, and still figuring himself out in this league. But Paolo was the guy... And look, both those players are good. I'm not here to put down those players. They're, they're both very, very good. And they're performing their roles very, very well for a Houston team that's playing very well, an Oklahoma City team that's also playing very well. Everyone, everyone's happy today. But Paolo Bancaro is that dude. He's a guy that can have a terrible shooting game. Let me pull up the stats here. Uh, he, he's a guy who can shoot... Three for 11 and know that that one shot at the end of the game is going to go down. He's a guy that's going to contribute and find ways to make things happen. He only had three assists in this game, but he was passing and moving the ball real well, real well. He's the kind of guy that defenses are sending two, sometimes three to the ball with. Magic don't have spacing. That's a big part of why, but... 
Paolo is seeing double and triple teams. He's seeing a lot of bodies and having to learn how to make that right pass and make that right play and, and still find his time to shoot. What the Magic have asked and what defenses have forced Paolo to do is really advanced stuff. And look, he's no longer averaging five assists per game, but his passing's gotten significantly better. His defense has gotten significantly better. He is a guy who is making everything happen when he has the ball on his floor. And yeah, he's still prone to making mistakes. He's a second-year player. But this is what a star does. They occupy and take the entire attention of the defense. And look, I'm not here to say Paolo's doing it and Franz is not. Franz is definitely doing it too. Franz made several big shots as the Magic tried to pull away in the fourth quarter, had a really big fourth quarter, um, made a lot of really good plays throughout the game. Like Franz, Franz had a solid game too. But Franz isn't the natural scorer and driver and attacker that Paolo is. He doesn't have, at least at this point, that kind of superstar confidence. That's Paolo Bancaro. And we're going to dive into why the Magic collapsed once again in the second half here in just a moment. But here's something that Magic fans and the Magic themselves probably know now as much as anything. We have a guy we can give the ball to with the game on the line, and he's going to get a shot. He's going to get to his spots. He is going to get a good look that can help us win. That, 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 not help us win the game. That is going to win the game. We can put the game in his hands, and he's going to deliver. Quite frankly, when was the last time the Magic had a guy like that? Steve Francis for the first 10 games of the 2005 season. Tracy McGrady. This is why you draft Paolo Bancaro. And he proved that once again as he built a second game-winning shot and saved the Magic from their from themselves and from himself. He's included in that. But saved the Magic from themselves to get a critical win over the Chicago Bulls. Of course, uh, the Magic probably didn't have to be in that position or in that situation. They probably should have done a lot better. We'll talk about the Magic's continued second-half struggles and why things just keep falling apart. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first... It's time for a quick word, if my copy will load, from our friends over at FanDuel. Look, uh, NFL season is is well underway, and the best place to, to be involved in the NFL season is with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. I know they actually do have uh, lines and and odds for in-season tournament action. You can bet on who's going to win East Group C. The last, you know, I checked before the Brooklyn game. I haven't checked since. 
But Orlando was sitting third. Uh, I don't think they'll be there anymore. I think they were like plus, they were like nine to two or 13 to two odds or something like that. Still a good value. You know, we'll see if the Magic can beat the Bulls on Friday, keep themselves in the running, must win game Friday. But you can bet on stuff like that over at FanDuel. So check it out today. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL. Don't forget to check out our new feature here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Okay. Paolo's the story. One play determined whether this game was a, a, a relief or a catastrophe. Like, plain and simple. I mean, that's that's the beauty of sports, right? The difference between between a, a win and a loss is literally the bounce of a basketball and, and one little bounce. Um, and again, like, that's why players like Paolo Bencaro are really, really important. And, and I'll repeat this. In tournament situations, in playoff situations – your ability to make those clutch shots is absolutely huge. It turns a 2-2, a 2-2 series into a 3-1 series. Like this stuff, it, it matters. But as I always like to say, and I will keep saying it, I, you cannot stop me from, from saying this. I will say it till it is cliche. Good teams don't win close games. They avoid them. And they avoid them for this exact reason because you're relying on the, the bounce of a basketball. And, and it's, some respects, I want to give the Magic credit. They did make a lot of winning plays in this game. Um, this was not a collapse of the level that the Atlanta game was a collapse. Um, Orlando made some plays down the stretch, missed some, missed an open shot here or there. Obviously, missed some free throws. Like, there's a lot of stuff that's still in the Magic's control. But at the same time, he had Jalen Suggs dig out a rebound and save a possession to get the Magic a, a, a dunk for Gogo Batadze. Um, there's another play where Jalen Suggs uh, lost an offensive rebound to Nikola Vucevic, snuck behind him, stole the ball, fell out of bounds, saved it to Jonathan Isaac, and the Magic, you know, got an extra possession that way. Um, there are all these play, you know, there's several plays where Franz Wagner made big shots down the stretch, or you know, or, or whatnot. But at the end of the day, the results are the same. And and, and look, I think there's a lot to say that this is a young team still learning how to close games. By raw point total, the Magic are first in the league in the first half, plus like 89, I think, uh, raw total in the first half. They are 27th in the second half. They're like minus 70-something in the second half of games. Um, They're at least heading into this game, and I'm sure it's worse now. They were the third worst team by net rating in the fourth quarter this season. We all kind of sat there thinking it too. Orlando had a... 17 point lead at the half. And I think we were all, and I know I wrote this as like, Hey, the magic got to come out here, maintain that lead for the first six minutes. They got to play sharp. And the bottom line is this, um, something is happening where teams are adjusting to the magic and, and the magic are, 
are getting tight. You know, honestly, I don't think the Magic are doing that much differently. I had someone suggest that the Magic's rotations are terrible in the second half, and I'm just like, no, they're they're the same as the first in a lot of ways. I think the Magic play Anthony Black less in the first in the second half, and you know, I, I'm fine with that. Uh, I think that they need to emphasize shooting and and probably have Joe Ingles finish the games. They tend to like to to finish right now with Wendell Carter out with Jonathan Isaac as the as the center to close games, and defensively that makes a lot of sense. I will point this out too. Of all the Magic's clutch situations this year, the Magic and the Magic are now three and three in clutch situations, if I'm not mistaken. The Magic have trailed in only one, and that's Dallas when they gave up the 9 0 run. But the Magic have been playing with a lead every game this almost every game this season. The only the only games where the Magic haven't been playing with a lead. Um, the Magic have led in the second half of every game this season. Um, it's including the Brooklyn game. Um, the only games that the, the only game that the magic didn't lead, like kind of heading into the critical moment of the game was the Clippers loss and the Dallas loss. And remember the magic trailed by three with five and a half minutes in that Dallas loss, you know, even Tuesday night in Brooklyn, the magic were up two heading into the fourth quarter. Like they, they were not out of that game by any stretch of the imagination. So we're sitting here. 11 games in the season, the Magic have had a chance to win every game. That's not something we could have said last year. So I, I think that context is really important because this team has made measurable growth. This team has gotten better. It's not just about their defense. It's, it, this team has gotten better. However, close is only good in horseshoes and hand grenades. This team has to win games. We are judging this team on their results. We expect them to reach the playoffs. We expect them to be competitive in the in-season tournament. Uh, and you know, obviously, they've had one game where they failed at that. But we are expecting them to get to a point where whether they win or lost matter. There's no moral victories here. And so why are the Magic struggling in these moments? Um, I think a lot of it has to do with experience. I, I Personnel matters. I'm not going to sit here and say it doesn't. Orlando needs to get more shooting on the floor. Joe Ingles needs to be on the floor late in games. Why did the Magic have this? Why did Paolo Bancaro have this space to score that final basket? Well, the Magic had Joe Ingles inbound the ball. It was a little kind of rip screen to, to Bank, for Bancaro to get to the corner. He run, runs off the screen from Mo Wagner, gets to the mid post on the le- left side of the court. Ingles just steps into the wing. And so Bancaro's got Alex Caruso on him. Joe Ingles' man is kind of digging. He's, he's kind of faking like he's going to dig, but he can't go anywhere because Joe Ingles is a respected shooter. That stuff matters. If, Bancaro, if they did come with the double, Bancaro's kicking it out to Ingles. Ingles is going to relocate somewhere where the defense can't get to him, probably relocate to the corner. Bancaro's going to get the ball to him, and Ingles is going to get an open three. And you know, I know Ingles hasn't shot the ball fantastic this season, but that's a 40% three-point shooter. Defenses respect him. That's a big part of this. Orlando's spacing is god-awful late in games. But it, it it honestly isn't just that. Um, it is about pace and execution. It's about poise and confidence. And it's uh, about not feeling that pressure. This is a team that is still learning how to win. There is no getting around this. They are a young team they are figuring out how to win in real time, and they're struggling with it. Um, they don't know how to protect a lead. They didn't play with very many leads last year. 
Um, so they're learning how to protect and expand leads. And naturally, as young teams do, they get a big lead and it's unconscious. I don't think they're doing this on purpose. They relax. The other team raises their intensity because they got to make up the ground and the Magic are struggling to meet that. But Chicago did really well, especially in the fourth quarter. Um, and, and this is something we saw even in the preseason a little bit when the Magic struggled with their offense. They're blitzing screens and pressuring this team. They they know the Magic are trying to get downhill and get to the basket. And so without good shooting and, and with kind of tight, with tight, you know, with kind of a nervous, you know, poise, the Magic are really, really struggling to break this press. Um, there's a few possessions where Franz Wagner ran a pick and roll with, uh, I think it was Mo Wagner. It was either Mo Wagner or Goga Batadze. And Nikola Vucevic just stepped up and, and trapped him. And Franz, instead of attacking, or Goga, or the center, instead of slipping so Franz could get him a pass quickly, Franz is going backwards. That's a, that's a defeat. And, and, and it's not necessarily that the Magic got to get a bad shot or the Magic can't reset and go again. It's that time goes off the clock, and now the Magic lose the chance to outlet and get going, get cycling through the offense again. This was my big criticism when the Magic lost the Hawks, which is a game that they did have the lead in late, and they lost. What happened in that game, in my opinion, was Orlando was taking too long to get into their offense. They're initiating their offensive sets with like 11, 10 seconds left on the shot clock. And if teams are blitzing and slowing you down, there's no chance to work the ball around the horn and get a good shot. If you don't get past that screen, if you don't get downhill into the paint, you're not setting anything else up. That continually happened again against Chicago, where Chicago was able to blitz Orlando. At least they were able to blitz them and kind of reset a little bit, but Orlando had to reset and eventually had to settle for bad shots. To me, the big thing is Orlando has to be more decisive and move quicker. They have to protect the ball. They're turning the ball over way too much. Um, just, just looking at turnovers here. Let me pull my box score back up again. Um, just looking at turnovers in the third quarter, Orlando had six turnovers for eight points. That's why Chicago came back. They're giving away possessions. Orlando shot eight for 21 in the third quarter. Five of those were threes. Um, and then they ended up with four turnovers in the fourth quarter. So that for the second half alone, they had 10 turnovers. That's just giving possessions away. And again, it's it's you're going to turn the ball over a little bit. And it's not like Orlando was terrible for the game. 15 turnovers is high, but not absurd. Um, you know, they had 16, 17 on Tuesday. You know, Magic probably need to be under 15. If there are 12 turnovers, they're probably doing okay. But they had a lot of turnovers at critical moments. You know, Jalen Suggs had a turnover where he just simply, you know, lost the ball dribbling. And Alex Russo got down court. Suggs made a great effort to block the shot, but was called for a foul. Um, another turnover where him and Goga Batadze or him and Mo Wagner had a miscommunication. I think it was actually Franz and someone had a miscommunication where it was trying to do a bounce pass and the guy didn't cut. No. Um, it, it's, it's about spacing. I'm not going to, you know, like I said yesterday, that is the root of every problem that the Magic have is they don't have enough shooting and everybody knows it. Um, and it's about poise. And unfortunately, like, yeah, Mosley could probably do some things to calm them down, to say, hey, Drumbeat, don't worry about the shot clock. Just run the offense. Don't try, don't, don't try and waste time. Play to a target score. Don't play to the clock. If you're playing to the clock, you're losing, in my opinion. Um, that's why I'm a fan. That's why I'm a fan of the Elam ending, to be perfectly honest. Play, play to a score, not to the clock. Get to, you know, someone mentioned, I said 
you know, you got to play to a target score. You get to 100 in this game, you're winning the game. The Chicago wouldn't score in 100 today. Um, the Magic just have to find some common poise. And unfortunately, experience is the only way that's going to happen. Um, you know, I, honestly, like the Bulls tying the game was not, you know, was not the worst thing in the world because I feel like this team would play better having to make up a deficit or when they're tied because then that pressure feels like it's off a little bit. It's maintaining a lead. It's growing a lead. It's, you know, knowing, knowing that you're just trying to get to the finish line. I think that's the part that that gets in their head. And it's something this team just hasn't done very much. And so they're learning. And they're learning in real time. And it's frustrating. So again, it's a back to do, controlling what you can control. You can control making free throws. You can control turnovers. You can control rebounding. You can control effort. Effort's fine. Teams, teams playing hard. You can control pace and the tempo at which you play at. And I think that's the part the magic are really, really struggling with. Um, again, I, I think what's really important, and I saw this throughout the day Tuesday, we're not at a point of panic, guys. Like the team is six and five. They're still doing a lot of really good things. They're trending in the right direction. They're going to make mistakes still. It's still the fourth or fifth youngest team in the league. They're going to make mistakes. What's important, and this is what's frustrating about these fourth quarters so far, what's important is that they learn from them and get better. You know, again, like last year, the Magic lose this game. The Magic go to overtime, they lose this game. Um, because, you know, they blew a lot of leads last year. They blew the leads to Miami twice. Um, this is a team that does have a little bit more maturity and a little bit more poise, but there's still another level that they have to get to. And, and again, we're just waiting for them to get there. And that's that's been the struggle. Again, I want to point out, they have not really trailed this season. They have played from ahead for a good chunk of the season in these moments. That is something different. And that is something that is good. It is, you know, they had the room to make these mistakes and learn. Now we need to see them learn. That's That's the trick and that's the deal. We will go through the final box score here in just a moment. Talk a little bit about what we saw from the team. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our friends over at Jace Medical. You know, we spend a lot of time talking together, you and I. We're fired up tonight after the Magic's big win, just as we were disappointed after the big loss on Tuesday. We talk about everything, and I'm thankful for that connection that we have. And today... I want our chat to be a little bit more personal. I just learned you could get a one-year supply of important prescription medications. And you know what that means? It means bringing on extended travel. It means bringing on the next natural disaster or supply chain issue. It means being covered. You don't have to worry about whether or not you could refill your generics for plenty of prescription drugs. All you have to do is call our friends at Jace Medical. Go online right now. You don't have to call them. I don't think anyone has phones anymore, but you can go to jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication. Remember to use promo code LOCKEDON to check out for a discount too. A verified customer had this to say about Jace, quote, I am thankful for the service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut pills in half to have them. I ordered most of my daily meds with a year supply. I also ordered antibiotic kit. I feel secure now. Prices are lower than local pharmacies. I highly recommend this for everyone, end quote. 
If you or someone you love would get some peace of mind by having a year supply of any daily med, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. Remember to use promo code locked on for $20 off your first purchase. Okay, the Orlando Magic defeat the Chicago Bulls 96 to 94. Uh, I am going to put a parental advisory warning here. We are about to talk about the box score of the Orlando Magic's 96 to 94 victory over the Chicago Bulls. If you have small children, this may be harmful for them. It may prevent them from being basketball fans in the future. I don't know. This was not the prettiest of basketball games. But here's the thing. Like, I mean, and, and I want this, I want to be very, very serious about this. The Magic thrive in these games. Give me more 96-94 games. Give me more games in the high 90s. That's where this team is going to thrive. They are not a good offensive team. <laughs> like, we, we know that. They're 20. They entered the game the, ga- the, the game like 21st in the league in offensive rating. I still believe they're going to get out of the bottom 10. I, I am still a believer. But this is not a good offensive team. Um, and so part of the Magic's strategy and part of what the Magic want to do is, A, play at a slower pace. So you're playing with fewer possessions. Muck the game up with their defense. You know, be uh, disruptive with their defense and get to, get a ton of deflections and challenge every shot at the rim. Um, that's who this team wants to be. Like, I don't think anyone, you know, there are a lot of people who said this is an ugly, ugly game. And I'm just like, no, I mean, yeah, it was, but that's okay. That's how the Magic want to play. This is this is where we live. We don't live in a 124-104 Brooklyn win. That game was up and down. There's a lot of threes, a lot of turnovers. Like, the Magic had to, like, really try and keep up. Like, that's not who this team is. We, you know, like, I know Orlando nearly beat Atlanta. We don't play games like Atlanta. We don't like those games. We like these games. We like these games. Keep those scores low. Make it about defense. Because honestly, more often than not, the Magic's defense is going to win. The Magic's defense is going to give them offense enough opportunities to win the game. That, that, that's what we're going for. So I don't mind the score being this low. I, I like it. I like these games. And I think the, I think the Magic are going to be a lot more games like this. And that's, you know, a, a good or a bad thing. So Let's give credit where credit's due. Let's talk about our defenders first. Jonathan Isaac, his best defensive game of the season, in my opinion. He only scored four points, one for four shooting, seven rebounds, two steals, two blocks. Those four stocks, that's that's classic Jonathan Isaac. And frankly, the second quarter, Andre Drummond, Nikola Vucevic, anybody trying to drive into the lane, Jonathan Isaac was swarming. He was a shark. He was circling. He was hunting any shot coming in the lane, and he changed and affected a lot of them. This was a fantastic game from Jonathan Isaac. And again, the shooting's not quite there. His only field goal was a putback dunk. Um, but he played so well and so impactfully. Again, everyone on the Magic's bench had a positive plus minus. Um, they were minus though in the second half. I will note that they were very good in the second quarter as the Magic built their 17 point halftime lead. Um, the Magic, the Magic got a lot out of Jonathan Isaac, and, and again, credit to him. He played 1647 in this game, not as much as you'd like to see. I, I think we're getting close to a point where you can play 20 minutes, but 
first back-to-back games, first time playing in, a, in the second night uh, in two back-to-back games. Um, you know, you know, you know what I mean. Uh, since December 27th and December 28th, 2019, big big step for him, and to see him play so well in that in that situation in that setting is a very very big thing. Uh, let's talk Goga Batadze. 15 points, six for 10 shooting, uh, 11 rebounds, five fouls. Love using those fouls. Two steals and a block. Um, I thought Goga Batadze, he lost contact on Andre Drummond a few times. Mo Wagner did too, but Batadze was really good defensively. He was a little bit off defensively against Brooklyn. So much more focused. The whole team just came out so much more focused defensively in this one uh, than they did Tuesday night. Um, Batadze, I thought, was really, really good just staying in touch with his man, defending the paint, defending the rim, grabbing rebounds. Like, Matadze's not consistent. That's why he's kind of in the role that he's in. But, you know, the Magic are going with him as a starter because he is such a good defender. He gives them such good paint defense. There's a lot of things we could talk about the Magic doing with their starting five, but Matadze is not someone I would touch at this point. He he does, he's been doing a lot of really good things and he's, he's really stood tall for this team uh, during the stretch. Let's talk Anthony Black. Seven points, three for eight shooting, missed both of his three-pointers, four rebounds, two assists, did have two turnovers. Um, a lot of what Anthony Black does is not going to show up on a box score, so I'm not going to freak out about the box score. I thought he cut cut well when the Magic did find him. He was able to score around the basket. He, he, he stole some rebounds here and there, but his defense, his ability to kind of absorb contact in his chest, like what, when you watch the Magic play defense, watch how physical they can be. They will they will take take drives straight to the chest, hold their ground. That's defense. Like that is defense. Like Jalen Suggs is really good at this too. Um, but Anthony Black, for a rookie especially, he got the call on Zach Levine a few on a few occasions. Just unbelievable work. Just so impressive with with his work on the defensive end like that. Like this this kid is so advanced. And again, it's it, it's going to be hard to leave him out of the rotation. I don't think the Magic can do it, but, you know, they're already trying to play, you know, 10 guys. Playing 11 is going to be really tough. Someone's going to be out of this rotation every night, and it's going to be hard to pick who. Um, But Black just continues to really impress with his maturity and his poise as a defender. Let's talk Jalen Suggs. 10 points, two for eight shooting, two for seven from three, four for four from the foul line, two rebounds, five assists, good movement there, three steals, Four turnovers. Um, Jalen Suggs continues to look really good defensively. Again, did a great job on Zach Levine. Zach Levine had 19 points, six for 16 shooting, four for seven from three, made a couple threes at the end of the game, was really struggling heading into the fourth quarter. Magic did a great job on him, and then he caught fire as Zach Levine tends to do against the Magic and, you know, scored just enough to to put the Bulls back in the game like he always does against the Magic. But um, I really thought Jalen Suggs played well. Uh, defensively, he's just a ball hawk. You know, he's just d- jumping in for steals, getting deflections, puts his body on the line. Made so many plays that just saved possessions for this team uh, and kept them alive. By the same token, those four turnovers really do stand out, especially with the poor shooting. Um, and again, this is just kind of what you get with Jalen Suggs. Right now, the Magic are balancing Jalen Suggs' inefficiencies on offense with his energy and his effort defensively. And right now, the the effort he gives defensively, like that sets the tone for everything the Magic do. They're not going to go away from it, and they're going to give him those opportunities. Um, 
it, I, I would agree with that at this point, but he made several key mistakes down the stretch. Um, just, just bad turnovers, just turnovers where he's just, you know, I want to say like, uh, like he's, his eyes are bigger than his stomach. You know, he's just a little bit too over his skis. He's just got to slow things down and, and play with some more poise. And, and he's frankly just not playing with the poise you expect from a third year player. Um, those are your key defenders. The match got Gary Harris back. He was two for four from the floor for six points. Franz Wagner, a solid game, 13 points, five for 62, missed all four of his three pointers, two rebounds, three assists. He really got going early in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, he had, let me pull that up. He had uh, six points on two for six shooting in the fourth quarter, um, but, you know, had some really good moments. His shooting efficiency is starting to get a little concerning, but he is willing to shoot. And, and I, I got to give him credit for that. And I got to say, that's a good thing at the end of the day. Just got to take better shots. Some of his floaters and some of his layups, teams are crowding him a little bit more. They've, they've kind of learned some of his footwork tricks. You know, he had some a bunch of really good finishes in the second quarter, but just couldn't quite get all the way to the basket. He hasn't quite figured out how to get to the foul line uh, with regularity quite yet. Um, so a lot of things for him to develop and grow on, but, you know, he's being more assertive, and I like that. Finally, let's talk our sponsor, TBD, player of the game, Mr. Palo Bancaro. You see the numbers there. Numbers don't The numbers don't lie, especially the ones that I'm choosing to show you. 17 points, 9 rebounds for Paolo Bancaro. Um, 7 for 10 from the foul line, 3 assists, 1 steal. More importantly, 1 turnover. However, 4 for 12 shooting, 2 for 4 from beyond the arc. I will note this. Paolo is the best 3-point shooter on this team right now. Uh, and him figuring out how to shoot those standstill 3s, if the Magic can get him those, that changes his game. Now, the field goal percentage is definitely concerning. His, his struggles to kind of get quality shots is... A little bit concerning, but um, so much of that is spacing. Like, you know, we, we've talked about this a lot. So much of this season is about figuring out what Franz and Paolo need. Both of them are really struggling with the spacing. Like, they need shooters on the floor. You know, Gary having Gary Harris out there just gives them a nominal shooter and, and just gives them a little bit more space. They don't need much more space. They just need a little bit of space. Um, the Magic needs shooting. Um, and, and, you know, it, it's it's obvious. I, I don't think a trade is imminent or anything like that. Um, you know, will the Magic be active at the trade deadline? I don't know. We're still two months away from it. But what the Magic need is, is painfully obvious. What Paolo and Franz need are painfully obvious. Uh, and right now, that's going to be the dominant story of, of success or failure for these two players at this point. I will say this for both Paolo and Franz, both are both are doing good things. They are thinking the right things. They are, you know, expanding their games in ways that should excite the magic. And there's growing pains with that. There's growing pains with everything this team is doing. Uh, but we know what this magic team needs needs, and we know what they have to do to take those important next steps. The Orlando Magic defeat. The Chicago Bulls 96-94. They'll be back at the United Center on Friday for the second in-season tournament game for both teams. Essentially an elimination game. Don't want to have two losses. Loser might be done. The winner still very much alive in Group C. A very, very big game. DeMar DeRozan will be back for that game on Friday. So we will see what we have in store for the rematch coming up in a few days. But... That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Lockdown Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Search your tune in Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the podcasts to your 
podcast enable listen device for latest on the Orlando Magic. Be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can, of course, follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. Be sure also to check out my Patreon page, the Orlando Magic Hub, patreon.com slash Hub. I put extra content on there. I'll be looking at some of the shooters that might be available on there as well. We'll get to that on the show eventually, but you get an early look at that on my Patreon page. So go to patreon.com slash Orlando Magic Hub uh, to see more of that content. And thank you, of course, for all of your support. Be sure also to check out the new 24-7 Locked On streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus the national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel today. For my everyday crew, on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Magic, we will chat some interesting stats that we've seen through the first 10, now 11 games of the season. We'll get to that on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Magic. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic.